Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. Damien Donahue here, joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, who I'm delighted to say we're on a Zoom call as we have been pretty much for the last 18 months, but you're no longer in the wife beater um, <laughs> t shirt that you're, or not t shirt, it's just a wife beater vest that you had on the last day. Temperatures have cooled down a little bit in Virginia this morning, have they? A little bit, but not much. No, the only, the only reason I'm not wearing my old Bintang, that that slinky little number, is uh, <laughs> because I had to go and get my haircut this morning. And like, I don't leave, I don't leave the the premises in, in Bintang. There, you just yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Look, it's, it's it's garden attire. It's one of those garments, right? That's so shitty and so cheap that it's kind of loose where it should be tight fitting, and it's tight where it should be loose. Um, <laughs> It's just a piece of shit. I bought it for about a euro in Bali, and I kind of kept it. Every now and then, uh, the wife makes me do a bit of a clear out, and because I'm a hoarder, and bin tang has survived it. I, I, I use it. It's like my wild card. She's like, right, you're, you're throwing out a bin bag worth of clothes. You don't wear that shape. And I, I would always preserve bin tang, and I always say it's for sentimental reasons because it bothered me honeymoon. And then it actually, when it hit thirty, all bets were off. Bin tang came out, but no. It's not pretty. It's definitely not pretty. Side me and me and me old Bintang Damien. How are you filling the days with 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 the warm weather now? I seen you out playing handball last night. I was surprisingly. Handball. Yeah, I played nine holes of golf yesterday, and it was actually. Uh, I wasn't going to play. <clears throat> I was sitting around. Um, yesterday afternoon, I was off, and it was just so hot, and I kind of thought I was going to I'd go and play nine holes in Virginia, and. I was like, no, it's too hot. So then I decided, right, I'll, I'll go down to the golf course and, and decide then I might play a few. And when I got down there, it was actually the coolest place in Virginia because there was a nice breeze coming in off the lake because around the house, it was just dead. And it was actually nice. So I played nine holes and then I went and played handball in Tolly Vin in the outdoor alley. So I'd say a lot of listeners would be familiar with that outdoor handball court in Tolly Vin. But it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's a real old, really old court. That. It was built in the, in the late 30s, early 40s. And funnily enough, there's no, there was no big tradition of handball to be played in it. So, not to bore you about handball, but a lot of those old courts were built. There was a massive rush in the early days of the Free State. So, from the 20s through to the 50s, there was a big push on building handball courts. And it was, you know, there's, there's a website which I'd recommend people log on to. It's called irishhandballalley.ie and an architect called Anya Ryan. Yeah. You did it, did you? You made the website. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I did. I contributed a wee bit to it, but it, was not, it wasn't my thing but I love it but uh, there's an architect called Anya Ryan and she's no connection with handball but she's just really interested in these structures because they're they're a unique structure worldwide the Basque country has uh, 
that's the only other country that has outdoor handball courts that are sort of unique. But the Irish one is is so unusual because every one of them is different. Some of them have no back wall. Some of them have uh, galleries in different places. Some of them have, are different lengths and heights. They're all different. And uh, so there's like there's well over a thousand of them surviving around the country. Some of them are in ruins and some of them are beautiful and playable. And some of them don't need very much uh, TLC to get up to a playable standard. But the one in Tullivin, Hamble died out in Tullivin in the 50s. And that alley, it was so well built at the time that that alley survived through the decades and never got played in. There was no club there. The alley survived the Irish weather, snow, rain, hail, sun, and it's still standing. And a couple of years ago, a committee got together and, and um, which it wasn't, there weren't anything to do with handball, but I think it was just a committee of locals uh, wanted to improve the area. And they basically got the alley uh, touched up, got up the standard, put up some netting and plastered it. And it's, they've put a glass panel in the back wall. It's absolutely beautiful. It really is just for a handball freak like me. It's just gorgeous. So, I, I, I definitely out. can't be described as a handball freak, but I, I don't know whether this is your influence or not, but I do enjoy when I'm driving on a road and I see a handball court. I'm, I'm looking at it to see, I wonder what shape that's in now. And I have a look and see, is it restored? Is it well kept? For me being a townie, like the one that always catches and gets away from me is that one on top of the Barrick Hill. Like it is the perfect setting for a handball court. I don't know if you're ever if you ever played on it, but if you were sitting on the back wall, which we used to do while while as kids we'd play sometimes handball, more often than not, it was a little game of five aside inside it. But you had the best view over Cavan Town on the back wall of that alley. Like yeah. it was just amazing, gorgeous looking over it. And it's an awful shame that it wasn't um maintained and developed. So what, but that's what happened a, there? a whole different days. Yeah. What happened there in a nutshell was there was a bit of a mix up in communications and there was a handball club there who who built that alley in the early sixties, late fifties, early sixties. So it was relatively modern. Most of them were built before that, the outdoor courts and uh, that was a really good alley when it was built. And then Handball started from the fifties on, really, but a huge push from the sixties on. It started to move indoors, and in handball circles, this was seen as huge progress. And there was big fundraising efforts done around the country, and a lot of the traditional hotspots of handball they moved their courts indoors. Someone put in glass back walls, and they were putting in dress rooms, and it was progress. But unfortunately, the law of unattended consequences kicked into play, and when you put the alley indoors you're kind of locking your, your game away. And one of the beauties of handball, especially in rural Ireland where it was very strong, was that you know, if you're in a place like um, Garna, for example, well, actually Garna, funnily enough, their alley is still outdoor, but Garna had, mm. had a lovely outdoor court. Now, the game has died off in Garna, but if you imagine you're in a place like Garna or Mullahorn um, is a probably a better example, where you had a court there in Kiladoon and it was kind of in the middle of everything, and you couldn't miss it. And there wouldn't be much else happening in these rural places, and you couldn't miss it. And there'd be gangs of fellas there in the evenings playing and all day Sunday, that was always the tradition. And it was just the greatest advertising you could get. And it was free, and it was it was a game that everyone could play and enjoy. But then it got locked away, and the game started to fade, and it has continued, and it's sort of risen up again at times, um, but has generally been a downward trend. So something radical is going to have to happen in handball. And I actually think what's the radical change that's needed in handball is that we need to sort of view ourselves as a half-indoor, half-outdoor sport again. And we need to put a push on to to renovate some of the old outdoor alleys and just bring the game back outdoors. I was reading a, an article that, uh, on the Indo the other day about, you know, climate change and th- our summers are getting warmer in Ireland and yeah. drier. So I know that's not a good thing, but it gives you an opportunity to maybe play outdoor sports like that, that that's weather dependent. So 
we have a tournament in Tully Lane on Sunday. There's 16 players, we've eight doubles teams, and uh, uh, it's going to be really, it's going to be just brilliant. We're starting at 10 o'clock Sunday morning, and it's going to be the first tournament to be played in Tully Lane Alley in decades. Actual, an actual nice. tournament. So that's going to be brilliant. So I was down there last night trying to sharpen up and seeing could I maybe lose about two and a half stone for Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sweated a good bit out for In the Tully Lane sauna. <laughs> Yeah, so if anyone is driving past anytime, stop at that alley and have a look at it. The door's open. Um, there's a glass panel mm. in the back. Well, have a look. Go in, throw the ball around, and uh, you'll love it. And if you're coming past on Sunday, call in. Paul Brady will be there, Michael Finnegan. Uh, they're not playing, but they're they're going to be there refing and helping out. And uh, uh, some of the best handballers in Cavan will be there. There's a couple of fellas coming from Belfast even. So uh, it'll be a big a big day. And uh you know, big you day in the big alley in Tullivan. That's the yeah, way you come come it on social media. Absolutely. Should, should be good. Should but I got good. your text. You texted me last night, Damien, uh, to, to share this with the listeners. And I pulled up in Tullivan at, at 20 past seven and played Hamlet for an hour and a half or so. When I came out, there was a text from you saying, uh, we're scamming on the 20s. Big price. Great bet. Nine to four against Mayo. And already the game was over so I you texted me just as I'd say I was getting out of the car and I missed the text and then you just texted me and said please say you backed it so uh, yeah you're over at that one I have to say hats off great prediction there yeah do you know, do you know because I, I was at the semi-final with Mayo and, and Galway and then I watched Roscommon and Sligo in the stream and we've played Sligo Roscommon sorry Sligo Galway and Mayo in challenge matches and for me, all three were kind of on a par. Um, like there wasn't much between them. I think we 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 lost to Galway by two points, and then we beat Mayo and Sligo. So um, you know, there wasn't a huge amount between the three sides, in my opinion. And then Roscommon, just looking at them, I thought they'd score in forwards. They had a lot of scoring forwards against Sligo, and it caused Sligo all sorts of problems. Um, and it was one of those ones where I was driving over the road to Castle Bar. And I rang my brother and I was saying to him, geez, I must have something wrong here. You know, I think Roscommon is going to win this, but they're two to one. And he said, geez, actually they're nine to four now. And I said, uh, I said, Jesus, I don't know, maybe I have something wrong. But when I got into the stadium in, in uh, McHale Park or Elbury's McHale Park, as it's officially called now to give it its full um, title, I asked Willie Hegarty, I said, how, how do you think it'll go? I, I fancy and he says, I'd be very disappointed if we don't win it. Um, long story short, he agreed with me that the summer competition suited the Roscommon team. Did Willie, does, Willie, does Willie talk off air like he talks on air? Because I, I imagine you saying, how's this going to go? And he's come out with something like, full duck or no dinner, on the ball, <laughs> off the ball. <laughs> One of his famous no. uh, stayings, so. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he, his, <laughs> his tone and his... And his um, and his voice all the same, but he doesn't come out with those amazing one-liners that I don't know where he gets them. And I, I, I literally have sat beside Willie on commentary and waited for a notebook or something to come out for him to say, "Oh, this is, this is the one I'm going to use today." Full duck or no dinner, or 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 it's whatever, whatever torn of phrase he has for that moment. But no, he doesn't generally talk like that. But for people that don't know, Willie Hegarty is the GDM in Roscommon. It has been for, I think, 14 years, something roughly around that, 14, 15 years. Um, so he'd have a good eye on all things underage in Roscommon, and, and, and he he oversees all the development squad work, and, and they put a huge focus on skill 
um, through their development squads. So again, he was a good judge of it. And when he said, "Yeah, I, I, I think, I think we should win it," um, I then went to a, a friend of ours that that was with the We Are Offaly podcast, Kevin Egan, and he's the the go to source. I think when you're checking out if the odds are right, Paul, and you know you you know more than me, but he's he he knows he can calculate the odds within seconds and and see if they're value. So I said to him, Roscommon are here are nine to four. I think they're going to win it. He says, they're definitely not nine to four. He said, there's no way that that price is way off. So as soon as I got that confirmation, I said, I have to share this information with somebody. Who who do I give it to? So you are my go-to. I said, I'm going to have to take <laughs> you, <more."> David. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 what really disappointed me was that you didn't make the money out of it. I, I, I got a few quid on it. So. I uh, I got me diesel covered for going over back to Castlebar. Thank God. I just looked up. There was one Willie Hegley line I was trying to find, and and it was this one where he says, uh, "Carl Craig has watched the ball all the way like a man watching a girl in a disco. She has blonde hair. He likes what he sees. He grabs it and he's away." <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And I can I can assure our listeners that that is off the tongue. That's completely off the top of his tongue. He doesn't he doesn't write these down. He doesn't prepare them. He just comes out with them and he, and. His analogies are 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 just amazing. I, I think they're like I I would be completely jealous. It would would be the right word of the the star status that that Willie Hegarty has created from doing local radio in in Roscommon. Like he's he's just I think he's on another level. I think he's he's one of the most entertaining listens you'll ever come across. Like I was I was sitting all of fifty foot, maybe sixty foot away from him last night, but yet. I, Ike and every one of the 500 who were at the game could hear the entire commentary Brilliant. from Willie Hegarty, but yeah, just like real entertaining. Like Gaelic Park, where the commentary is ringing out over the over the over the Tanai. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business. Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Um, yeah. yeah, I suppose, Damien, it's a good time to talk about the under-20s in Cavan because we've, we've been threatening to have a bit of a post-mortem or for me to grill you on it or not grill you, but give your thoughts because uh, you had a difficult role um, being being the anchor of our podcast for the last few months and also being the under-20 manager. And we didn't discuss it very much, uh, the under-20s, and I suppose you, you couldn't. I know it's way back at the start, uh, we, we did a podcast where I asked you a lot of questions about it, but... Um, we haven't discussed much, and I suppose now yeah. that it's over, um, expa- yeah. explain what you did. <laughs> explain what we did. Yeah. No, I, I was. Going, I wanted to ask you. Uh, I know. I know. But just to bring it to the listeners, I suppose. I know you've been hurting since then, and I was talking to you a few days after, and I said, "Jesus, he's not half the man he was last week." So, like, what? What's it like? What's it like now? Two weeks on. How do you feel about it? Still, huge disappointment. Um, like it, it, I, I, anybody, I would like to think that anybody who was involved in the team that I was involved with in the past 
would say that I, I work hard. I, you know, I, I, I put in the time and I put in the effort, but I've never put in time and effort like I did for these on the twenties. Like it was, it was, it was to another level. And it was something that I, you know, I, I do have my own ambitions in terms of football management. If, if I won the lotto in the, in this evening or tomorrow night, all I do for the rest of my life is, is manage football teams and manage Cavan football teams. And I, I, I just absolutely love it. So to put so much time and effort into something like that, and then it to turn out terrible on the night um, against down, it's, it's extremely disappointing. And it leads to a huge amount of soul searching because my belief is that I, I have to point the finger at myself first and foremost, because I'm the manager and I'm, I'm the, the one who's, who's leading it all. So I have to find out what I done wrong or, or where I can improve. Um, I also have to find out. And I have to say, I got a huge amount of, I, I got overwhelming amount of support and, and positive messages from people after the defeat against down. You, I got, I got one negative, but that's, that's to be expected. Um, you know, I, I understand the role in it, but one one person who did speak to me was Kevin Downs and he, he texted me that night after and said, look, I more than anybody know how you feel right now. Um, just keep the head up, understand that not everything was wrong and what you do. Then the next morning he rang me actually, because I, I just explained to him that it did mean a lot coming from him because he was in an extremely similar position three years ago. Um, but the next morning he said to me, look at, what you need to do is is sit down with with three major questions and say, okay, what what did we do well and what do we need to keep? What did we do poorly that we need to get rid of, and what didn't we do that we need to introduce? And if you if you frame all of your thoughts around those three questions, you you can start to put together answers. I thought it was just really insightful and 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 really helpful. It actually started the whole process for me of straight away well at, at that stage i'd watched the game three times and it was just over 12 hours after the game so i'd watched it back three times um so i started to then figure out and 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 look at myself and look at what i think we done well what i think we done poorly um that we need to get rid of and 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 what we need to introduce in terms of 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 getting better and i suppose th- there's there's a couple of factors then when you break that down um like the timing of the competition meant as, as a peak summer competition, speed was, was a huge um, asset. And maybe we, we, we didn't go with enough speed on, on, in terms of uh, the players who, who's number one asset. Maybe we got the balance slightly wrong um, that we, we went with more power than, than that actual speed in it. So there's little things like that. Um, I, I think that I think what we did wrong that I'd I'd get rid of was we overloaded on challenge matches in the build up to the game. Um, we didn't get a chance to work on the kinks that showed up in those challenge matches. Like we played, we played six challenge matches in twenty five or twenty six days, mm-hmm. um, which which was a very very heavy load, and the idea being that we'd we'd get the team to gel, we'd get them to to understand, you know, the way we wanted to play. 
Um, but what we didn't leave in between was the time to improve on the mistakes game to game. So we were playing, we played Mayo the Friday before we played down and we played Sligo on the Monday night before that. We played Longford on the tours the night before that. And we played um, Dublin on the Saturday before that again. So we, we had a very heavy load in those two weeks building up that we just didn't get time to work on the mistakes that those games showed. Um, and before that, we played Mead and we played Galway. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm still processing. I Again, my, my grief turned very quickly into a work ethic and since the game against down I've been to see as I said Galway Mayo watched Roscommon and uh, Sligo watched Cork and Kerry back on the stream watched Fermanagh and down on the stream I was at Monaghan and Donegal last weekend I'm going to Port Leash oh sorry I was at Mead in Dublin um, last week whatever day that was um, I I'm going down to the Leash or the Leinster final in Port Leash tonight between Dublin and Offaly. Um, I'll watch back Cork and Tipperary then some stage tomorrow. I'll be at the Ulster final between Town and 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 Monaghan, and then hopefully make the semi-finals and the final as well, just to kind of get a a good feel of what the competition is is about and what the the strengths that we need to work on. Yeah, you mentioned like you mentioned speed then, like. I was coming to it and a lot I didn't see the Cavan Miners playing last year. Uh, as it turned out, the, the league was they only got the one league game, I think, last year in the Ulster Minor League That's and they right. beat Thoreau. And they got one championship game and I didn't actually get to it. So there was a good few of those players I wasn't familiar with. So I was kind of seeing a lot of them for the first time on the night. And I thought Darren's speed that night just blew me away. And it was interesting because I was as I said, I was playing golf yesterday. People talk about uh, you know, summer footballers and you, you touched on it there, pace. It's a t- like if you compare it to, to golf, it is a completely different ball game playing golf in the in the summer as in the winter because the ground is like concrete and the ball mm-hmm. runs and runs and runs. And also, the ball actually moves a lot faster through the air, uh, the golf ball in, in warm air. And that's the same in handball same as well. And it has football. to be the same in football. So, there is it's not just a cliche to say. That summer is is you know it's like one of these old football cliches, but is the truth in it? There's huge truth in that. I think that speed is so important in the summer. And I thought Darren had unbelievable speed. And I personally speaking, looking in, and as I said, it was the first time I saw that old fellas playing. Uh, I thought that was the difference in the in the teams. Really, it was the pace, mm-hmm. pace that they had, and and Cavan were. I don't know if they were lacking pace or they just weren't as fast as Darren were in certain positions. Yeah, I I I, th- I think so. I I think that. Now and again, look, we, we still have to do a full review with the players. We're, we're in the process of doing that, but finding out whether the players maybe, they could have been leggy from the load that we had put down in terms of games. So maybe ordinarily they would have had the speed, but we we got the planning wrong on it. So that's something we have to evaluate with the players. And from that, we, we, we definitely have to, look at at how we can improve on it the, i suppose the strange or the the thing about this competition ordinarily and Porrick dolan who has a huge amount of experience on this touched on it is that if this competition started in march which it, or, which it ordinarily does 
that speed is less of an asset. And then by the time you get to an All-Ireland final, semi-final stage in May, all of a sudden you need that speed. So you've got to, in an ordinary year, balance those, those two um, assets that you have out. So you need physical power to get through the March phase of it. And then you're introducing more speed as you go into the latter stages of the competition. And that's something I think that, that even talking with Willie Hegarty last night about Roscommon, he was saying if this competition started in March, we'd have been beaten in the first round or, you know, maybe we'd have got over Roscommon, but we'd have, we'd have been beaten by Sligo because they were physically far stronger than us. So it's, again, it, it, it's a learning curve and, and it's something that we, we definitely as, as management and me as manager, we have to identify where we, where we made mistakes and, and try to improve on it. But um, I'll throw another one at you here, Damien, and this is something that has literally just come into my head. Um, do you think you might have had too many players at the start? Did it make your job? I know you had a long run in. Did it make your job di- more difficult? Uh, like the breadth of ambition was there that you were going to trawl the county and every player who who had a chance of being good enough was going to get looked at and and so on. Do you do you think in hindsight, if you were to do that again, would you would you go would you cast the net as wide? Yeah, I definitely would. I definitely would. I, I, it, it definitely led to huge problems. In, in, sorry, it led to problems, not huge ones, um, in terms of... So what we ran was the pathway panel side by side, um, getting the same information that the actual panel members were getting and trying to keep them in the loop that they were, they were only one step away from getting into the panel and therefore it, it kept a competitive edge to the panel itself. Um, and I'll, I'll use the example of Ryan Kennedy as to why the net should be cast wide. He, he didn't play county under 16, county minor. Um, he, he made contact with me and asked for a trial and asked could he come in and, and, and be given the opportunity. And first and foremost, any, any 18, 19-year-old who is determined enough to go and, and ring the manager definitely deserves the opportunity. And at that point, considering he hadn't played with Kingscourt seniors last year, my first opinion was no, he, he look, sorry, my first opinion was, yeah, you can come in for a trial, no problem, but no, he's not going to make it because mm. I had preconceptions. And what he'd done was he came in and he showed that if you work hard enough, whether it be on your own or, um, or in a group or in a senior team or, or whatever your club situation is, that you can improve. And, if we didn't cast the net wide, then we'd have we'd have lost out on a Ryan Kennedy, and he was instrumental. He was very very good for us. Like I, I I'm not exaggerating when I say he marked uh, an All Ireland under twenty um, winner from whatever it was four five six months before um, in in uh, in Galway and and absolutely destroyed him. You know he 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 cleaned them out of it. Like he, he was excellent against Mead. He, he, he was so, so good. I think Dublin was the only game that, that he didn't play where, you know, he didn't play to the top of his ability, but he's, he's the example for me that you have to cast the net wide because we, we develop at different stages in our lives as different as individuals. And just because somebody hasn't made it by the time they're 18, it doesn't mean they're not going to make it. I always go back to Damien Riley. 
from Mullahorn. Mm. And, you know, he, he hadn't made it by the time he was 18 and he turned out to be one of Cavan's greatest ever footballers. Mm. So that's that that's why I, I think it is important to do it, but it does add to the workload. It 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 adds a huge amount. That's probably on me again, that managing managing that part of it and managing the the actual football end of it, I got the balance wrong in terms of I I, I wasn't as hands-on with the football end of it that I that I usually would be or that I'd have liked to be. So I, I have to get that balance right going forward. And does that mean you might you might look to bring someone else in to help you with the logistics end of it or to to you know to take just do some of the heavy lifting on that end of it so you can be out on the grass as Roy Keane says. Exactly. That's that's exactly what it does mean, and and it's it's something again. I, I, I'm I'm outrageous lucky that I have a lot of people that I can go to for advice that have a lot of experience. But it's something Terry Terry Highland highlighted to me back when I started was don't get caught up in in the the paperwork part of it. Remember, you're the football manager, and that's that's the most important part of it. And even though I had that in the back of my mind, it still happened. And that was really disappointing. So already I've, I've started um, talking with, with, with people who are involved already. Aidan Smith there, for example, the coordinator was just saying, look, take, take some of that load. I'll take it off you. I'm happy enough to do so. So um, the likes of that is, is, is going to be important going forward that those, those little jobs that take 20 minutes or an hour, that somebody else can do. I've got to pass them off and, and focus mm. on the football. The other thing is, um, obviously, and you haven't mentioned it at all, and in fairness, you haven't even mentioned it really to me in private conversations, but you were down to two senior players. So you're essentially, if you have four players on the, on the cabin senior panel, they're your four best players. By In essence, like by definition, mm. they're the four that are in the, in the top 30-odd players in the county and they're still on the 20. And you were missing two of those. Now I thought it was so unfair. And I actually, I actually was going to throw up a tweet about it before the game. And then I think I, I thought no, because people think I put you put me up to tweeting this or something. But it wasn't genuinely wasn't anything to do with loyalty to you or to Cavan or anything. I think it's so unfair that that you can you can have a competition where one team can have all the players like Darren had their three county seniors, whatever it was, and one team can end up potentially with none of them. Or Cavan, as it turned out, had two of the four, but. Uh, I would, I think, going forward, that, that if that rule was going to be in place, that the Ulster Council have to go with the same draw. You know, if you went with the senior and under twenty with the exact same draw, then it's fine because their senior team is playing at the same time, so you, you should be okay. But how much of a blow was that to you, um, not having Kevin, um, Keen Riley and Oshin Brady? Like we're talking about pace, and that's two lads with pace to born for one thing. Yeah, look at. Uh, First and foremost, I don't, I don't blame anybody within within Cavan, and 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 I don't even hold the blame on Ulster for this one. I, I was just delighted that the competition was played. So, it, you know, and, and it really was probably the only window available to it. Um, like Mickey Graham and myself were in constant communication about it, and with the four players as well. And and to be fair. All four players, Sean McAvoy, Cuevin McGovern, Oshin Brady and Keen Riley, all four wanted to play both. But when the opportunity is put in front of you to play like that, that you can play county senior 
you're going to take that opportunity. And I can, I can understand. The especially, and especially if you're starting as well. Exactly. So, so the two lads, Oshin and, and Kean were left with, with the situation that, you know, it, it was not physically possible for them to play Friday night and then start for Cavan seniors on, on Saturday. It just, it, it wasn't. So, uh, you know, at that point it was, it was wishing the lads the very best of luck and, and hoping that, that it went well for them. Um, it, look, it definitely hindered though. It, it, there's no doubt about it. Like Oshin, we had Oshin Brady for one challenge match. We never had Keen Riley at any stage. Um, and that one challenge match was against Dublin. And in the first quarter, so we only started with, so Sean McAvoy started because he had been there at a couple of sessions building up to that. Creevy McGovern and Oshin Brady hadn't been. And in the first quarter, Dublin blitzed us. They scored, I think it was 1-6 or 1-7. Uh, to our one point and then we brought on Quivin McGovern and Ushin Brady and for the remainder of the game I think they beat us by a point and we we missed three absolute guilt edge goal chances so we were very very competitive and an awful lot better when we introduced two three out of the four mm. um, and that was that was against a very strong Dublin team who the Dublin manager basically said to me after the game, he he'd never seen the Dublin players play as well in that first quarter, you know, as they did in that first quarter. They just ran us ragged. But um, so the difference that that one player was going to make was 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 quite significant. The difference that two, I think, would have been huge. Was it enough to get over down? I I don't know. I, I couldn't say that with certainty. In fact, I'd 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 probably say not. Um, for the simple reason that. And time will tell by the end of whenever we are, the, the middle of August, 14th of August, I think it's the All-Ireland final. We'll know then just how good this down team is. But from people who know more about this competition than I do, they they think that this down team has a chance of going all the way. Um, you know, so that, 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 that'll tell a wee bit more about where Cavan were at as well at that point. But... Look, at, I, I, I'd like to see the situation change. I'd like to see, for me, and I've always had this stance, whether I was Cavan on the 20 manager or not, I think the best development for players is them being successful at their own age group. And if the county board are happy with the processes, the training, that the management are putting in place, then I'd like to see that on the 20 players play on the 21st. And in fairness to Mickey Graham, had the, game, had the competition been in March, I, I, as he had said to me, and it collides with a the league, there's, there wouldn't have been uh, an issue at all. You know, so it's, it's just a matter of, of look, it was, it was an unfortunate set of circumstances. The real loser out of it is probably Ushin Brady, who doesn't get another opportunity to play on the 20s football ever again. And I think I feel for him more than anybody else. That, and we have that, to, yeah. Sorry. We, we have to bear in mind also that that we're, we all think of the under-20s as the under-21s because, you know, you're looking back and you're nearly, if you're looking back through the records, you skip straight into under-21 because you're like, that's the grade that corresponds. But a year is a lot at that age and this is under-20, it's not under-21. So, it, like, it used to be that at one stage, Cavan were kind of keeping the under-21s on their own. And we're not yeah. saying keep, keep lads of 21 on their own, it's keep lads of 19, 20 on, on their own, I think is... Is only right and proper like at this at this stage, unless you're David Clifford, and that's unless you're like a once yeah. in a generation player. There's very few 
uh, players that that can step up there and, and be a dominant player at senior level at the age of 19. It's almost unheard of. I, I give you the example even of Tyrone last year, Dara Canavan, who is probably as close as there is to David Clifford without being the David Clifford. And while he was involved with the Tyrone senior squad throughout the winter and, and in the league, as soon as the under-20s came, he was back down to under-20s and focused on under-20s alone. Mm. Um, and, you know, that was because they felt that he needed another year to develop fully. Um, and, and, that's, and that's what, at the end of the day, the under-20s is. It's, it's development. And it, it's an opportunity. When I was going for the job, I spoke with a huge amount of the successful under-21 players and asked them about the, the overlapping, you know, where they, where they would have played, players who would have played senior while playing on the 21. And every single player to a man said to me that they, being, being an under-21 player who went up to the senior left them that they could, they could go up to the senior with, with less fear. They knew that if things didn't go well, they could still go back and be confident at on the 21 level. Um, whereas when you're when you're at senior and it doesn't go well, sometimes it can be a tough place if you haven't got if you're young and you haven't got the the safety net of the grade below you. Mm. So I, I I do think that it's a huge benefit to allow lads to play on the twenties and then have the opportunity to to play senior as well, but not necessarily that that. For me, I, I think the GA are the ones who should take the lead on this one. Um, look at it. if they don't then hopefully the county board do but the GA should make it the same as they do at, at at every other age group you've got to play your own age group and then you can play the age group above on top of that if, if it facilitates but you, you you can't play age group above without playing your own age group I, yeah. I think is the is the proper yeah. rule and should be adhered to you know what look at again that's not that's not to use as an excuse in any way or or, or yeah we you know we, we knew what we were getting into we knew um we know that the county board are 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 you know behind this age group they want to see success of this age group and and um you know and, and so does mickey graham and, and and the cabin senior management so you know it, it's something that was just a, a difficult situation this year alone the, the other thing damien is and this is probably the hardest I'd imagine this is one of the hardest things to swallow. Uh, but sometimes you come up against a better team. And if they like if Darren win the all, I think Darren like the, the tragedy in Monaghan is just unspeakable and who knows what effect that's going to have on Monaghan. I wouldn't even like to speculate. But I, I think Darren will, will probably win Ulster and will probably go on. Uh, and it, whoever beats them, if they get beaten, will probably win the All Ireland because I, I thought they were absolutely outstanding. Um but sometimes you, you run into a team like that, like and no matter how well you're prepared, and no matter how much work you've done, you can you can just meet a team that 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 is just a little bit ahead of you. Is is there an element of that as well? Yeah, there there is, but there should be no reason for them to beat you by the margin we got beaten by. Mm. And that's that's the the yeah. most disappointing thing is that, like the first the first twelve thirteen minutes of that game, we we were competitive. We were able to match them. It was it was once. I wouldn't even say the first goal went in. We we went straight up the other end and got a, a point um, from their first goal. Now, the first goal, obviously, there was mistakes involved in it, but our reaction was fairly good at that point. It was it was from that point on, though, 
where we allowed down to get a run on us and get a number of scores without us responding. That's the really disappointing thing. And by halftime, the game was over um, in essence because we left too big of a mountain to try to climb. Um, so that's that's the really disappointing thing that, okay, I, I, I can take it if, if, if you're beaten and you're beaten by a better team. And, and maybe we were so. But the manner of the defeat, the... the the, the, the weight of the, the the difference that's the hardest part to swallow because the players didn't deserve that I, I know that these lads have worked exceptionally hard like they and and they've come through that exceptionally difficult period where they had to do probably 80 percent of the body of work needed to get to that game they done on their own and that's that's something that I think will be used going forward to make it easier to be a county footballer in terms of reducing the amount of travel lads have to do and stuff like that. But I, I, I think that their, their efforts deserved more than the result um, uh, gave them. And that's, that's, that's the hardest part to swallow in it. What did you say to your lads at halftime, if you want to bring us inside the dressing room, without giving away too many secrets? But at halftime, you know, you're, you're 10 or 11 points down. Uh, things are... You know, starting to fall, starting to fall asunder a wee bit, but it's only half time. What what were you saying to your fellas? So essentially, we we identified, um, like we do it in pretty much every half half time situation. We identify a couple of traits of the opposition, where they we we map out where they're taking their shots from, um, we map out exactly where their kickouts are going. We try to, um see have we have we done well on their kickouts have we done have we done well on our shots stuff like that just again mostly about the performance on it and then what you, what we were looking for was was lads just really to have a go just to 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 do what we wanted to do in the first half we we wanted to one of the hardest things was listening to the the stream commentary and and hearing the team being described as as a defensive team and, and that that was very frustrating because we we didn't plan or or try to be a defensive team in any way we we pressed extremely high on the kickouts uh for 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 down we we put three in the full forward line four across the half forward line four across the middle of the field and our full back line was up on the half back line and our goalkeeper was out at the edge of the d like that's not the way a, a defensive team sets up, and 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 that that was disappointing to hear that to hear a team that you're involved with be described that way. But again, that comes down to uh, me as 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 management. Maybe it, we didn't we didn't work on it enough, or we didn't do it well enough for it to for it to be evident for everybody to see. Um, I so thought the that, both teams were trying to attack that even. Like I didn't think either team set up. Um, it wasn't no mm. Jim McGuinness stuff there. No, I didn't think so either. I didn't think so either. And I, I, I look at and again, everybody. There's there's a there's a picture of myself, and my father, and and my brother at a game in Crow Park, and people would ask about how we can come away from the game and, and be arguing over who played well and who didn't play well. But everybody sees a game through different eyes, so it's it, 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 it's it's. It's um, football is in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. But yeah. for me, at halftime, what what we did what was we we tried to get the lads to 
have a bit more confidence to go at the opposition to let an early ball into the inside line. We felt that we could have had the beating of the fullback line if the ball was in early enough. Um, but again, we just didn't get our kicking game going. We didn't get we didn't get the the opportunities maybe to kick in. And that that goes down to credit to Down, who didn't give us time on the ball. Um, you know, the, we, we didn't have time or space on the ball. And they they were extremely well set up. Their their fullback line knew how to how to mark well. Um but yeah, that, that was the main message at halftime was to, to really have a cut, just to go at them and try to try to pick off scores and, and get yourselves back into the game here and three or four scores in a row and all of a sudden it's an achievable target. But again, down came out and they, they, they nullified the game and, and they they just handled the, the situation. They managed the game really well. Mm. But I think that's a very honest appraisal, Damien. I think the listeners would appreciate that because... As I said, we haven't talked about the under twenties very much, only in passing, uh, apart from at the very start when you when you got the job. So, um, I think you've had, you've put your cards on the table and and said uh, what what went wrong and what went right. And no, I'd be I'd be hopeful now uh, that you might find another couple of players and go again next year because you have a good few of the same lads back, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we would, we would, we'd have a we'd have a lot of. Um... So off the starting team, the only players, the players that are over age for next year, um, Lurkin and Goals, um, the entire fullback line are under age. Keen Boylan is is over age, and Mark McDermott, or sorry, Mark Maguire. I mean, um, midfield and uh, and uh, Maguire is over age. Um, Brian is still under age. Brian is under age again. Um, half forward line. I'm I'm I'm. Sean Sean Sean's on the rage in the forward line. Owen McCaffrey is overage. Emmett Boylan is overage. Quevian McGovern is on the rage. Um, Ryan Brady is on the rage. Owen Clark, the captain, is overage. So I suppose we've 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 allotted the team. Yeah, we mm. we'd still have nine, nine or ten. Matthew McGahan, who come on, is is on the rage as well. Um, you know, Fintan O'Reilly was a big loss. Keen Riley would be on the rage again next year. Or so um you know, there's 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 plenty to work with there. There's there's no doubt about it. But again, look at the most important thing is that the work continues. That and and these lads will while working away with their clubs, they'll still be focusing on trying to improve their game and they'll be getting guidance from us in terms of areas that 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 they can improve and 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 again Andre Quinn just making sure that that their development continues there. So um it's it's going to be pretty much a, a continuation of this season going straight into next because next season starts very very early again. Um, in terms of uh, in an ordinary year, we'd be starting league games in Ju- in January. So, um, look, we'd be we'd be looking forward to to getting a full season and get a clear run at it, and hopefully we can improve. Well, you'd want to, don't you? You'd want to because you're sitting up here in the podcast pontificating. <laughs> And then you're doing that to Kevin football. So you just want to do something now. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. Good. Uh, no, well, thanks for that. I should, yeah, that, was, that was great therapy. So it is. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll email you the invoice later on. Absolutely outstanding. Um, on the diehard service, we'll be previewing the All County Football Leagues later on in the week. We'll be looking ahead to Ladies Action and Camogie as they play Monaghan 
uh, the ladies footballers play Monaghan on Saturday evening and the Camogues are out against Limerick on Sunday down in Limerick and we'll also be looking ahead to the Laurie Maher semi-final Cavan taking on Loud in Kingspan Brasley Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock so busy couple of days for us Paul we, we may get uh, get ourselves working Looking forward to it Damo.